We good. Right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Mass Monsters Podcast. This is episode two. Uh, I'm your co-host, Brett. And Coach Dan. Yeah, and today we're just going over Coach Dan's nutrition program, uh, Jack Javelin, what he has planned in the future, and how those two are going to come together for one mega beast program to help upward human performance go like this and skyrocket in the near future. Dan, how we doing? Doing good. A nice uh, little relaxing Sabbath day today. Yeah. You know, had some had some church this morning, went on a hike, took a nap. <laughs> had yeah. to take the nap. Had to take a nap. <laughs> had to take a nap. Now we're here. Well, what were your thoughts on episode one? How do you think how do you think it went? I think it went well. You know, I think that I was listening to him in the car. I think that episode the first half, you could definitely tell we were talking a little bit slower and stuff. And I think once we started talking about more of what we were interested in more and mm-hmm. stuff that flowed a little bit more naturally. You could hear it like speed up a little bit and our voices got more engaging. So, you know, it's just going to be a learning experience having this podcast, getting better at public speaking, getting better at delivering our message to our audience and hopefully growing our audience with time. But it's really just going to be practice, you know, practice makes perfect. So yeah, that's what sure. we're going to be able to look back at that episode and see how far we came. But I could definitely tell, um, at least for me, like I'm, I'm picking up on things that I want to improve on. Like I could tell when I'm trying to like force what I'm going to say versus when it's coming that nat- very naturally for me. Yeah. It's about like what you're passionate about. Like if you're talking about things that you don't really have, you don't get fired up over. It's going to be a little bit harder to speed exactly. up that conversation. Cause when you talk about stuff that you're fired up about and you just go on a tangent, you start rolling, and you have no, you don't even know what's coming out. It's just it's true, yeah. Just some good stuff, though. Exactly. So, last episode, I talked a lot about like my role and like what I have planned for the future upward and like where I was versus where I am now. So, this episode, let's talk more about you and what you have planned. And I guess we'll start off with the nutrition program. Like, what's, what's something that you've changed or implemented? It's, we're over a little over a year now of the nutrition program at Upward. So what are your thoughts, ideas, and goals for the future? Yeah, so right now I'm in a little bit of a transition period. Like you said, it's coming up on one year that I've been running it since last September. Um, so when I first got hired, uh, like a month after you, in 2022, there was no nutrition program. And you know, we had three people on staff. We were looking for someone to be like head coach, someone to lead sales, and then someone to be the nutrition coach and, and kind of fit into that role. So with me, it actually worked out really well because um, there there was a need for that position anyway. And um, that was something I was really passionate about and something that was a big part of my story. Being like a 18, 19 year old kid who was playing sports in college and was um, was overweight and was not maximizing muscle mass gain because of the diet and was you know a little bit chubbier than I probably should have been, <laughs> definitely than I should have been. And so that was hindering my performance and learning how to eat and like losing all that weight and then gaining a bunch of muscle mass back and then you know, learning how to track your calories and doing keto and doing all these different, different modalities to like, to help, help me improve my diet and just really doing a deep dive into that was a huge part of it. And then I tracked my calories for like a year and a half and was a huge meal prep guy in college, uh, probably pissed off my roommates a bunch because of it, just because it took up so much, 
space in the refrigerator, <laughs> just always in the kitchen um, at ungodly hours, <laughs> <laughs> just like 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Yeah. cooking up chicken breast and broccoli, yeah. just sh- chefing up. So like, you know, that was a huge part of who I was, and um, and that was the the task that Derek had given me was when I got hired in in June of 2022. He's like. I've had it in the plans to start a nutrition program in September in the fall. And he's like, it's up for you to kind of decide how it's going to be run and what we should do. So with that, I was a part of a a mentorship group that taught me how to, um, how to do it, what apps to use, what, you know, kind of how the price points should be and, um, the different packages and how to operate them and how to run, how to run the nutrition program. And, uh, so I did that and I ran it that way, probably the same way for about um, seven or eight months until I started, until we hired uh, some extra coaches on the side to help out. Because at this point, when it was just pretty much me and you coaching the majority of the hours and you know I had 40 on my schedule, you had 50 on your schedule, nutrition was looked at more of like a side service, right? It was something that you could add on to your package for an extra hundred bucks a month. And it was just a remote thing. It was easy to follow, which for the time being was, I think, appropriate because I was so busy with coaching at Southern and coaching so much at Upward and just really figuring out how to better serve my clients and stuff. And so it was a side thing. And then once we hired more help and had five or six coaches on staff, I was able to kind of offload some of those sessions and not have to coach as much. So I could then focus on the nutrition program and how to make it more of a core service. Uh, and so with that, I started, um, I started collaborating with a meal prep company nearby. So we offer like a higher ticket nutrition service, which is basically me just ordering your food for you, making sure that your meals are delivered to the gym. They're all macro friendly. You're going to make sure you hit your protein goals. And then that comes with the coaching service included. So that was a big step in the right direction for me. And then once I offloaded like even more sessions as of the last two months or so, uh, and now I'm down to coaching about 12 hours a week upward. Um, and then, and putting most of my time into the nutrition program and, and focusing on that going forward. I started pushing the, the higher packages a little bit more. And, but with that, instead of meeting with people every three months, I was meeting with them every two weeks. And then I, and with sales and marketing and reaching out to people and filling the program, I got full very quickly and started reaching capacity again. And it was very hard for me to find a, you know, 30 minute time block for everybody that fit perfectly with the time they were coming into the gym or by the time I got out and was able to Zoom call them and so on and so forth. So I was thinking again how I could, again, reach more people and not hit capacity at like 40 clients or something. So now we're transitioning into a group call setting, which is um, gonna be a lot easier for me to manage um, and it's gonna have more of a community sense of feel for people. So we're going to be able to kind of eliminate some of the, the back and forth of always trying to schedule appointments. And, um, we have a set time each week 
and it's going to be a group call. And I think it's really cool too, because on that group call, I'm going to be able to make the call an hour instead of 30 minutes, like one-to-one. And I'm going to be able to walk through the educational curriculum that I have taken the last year to develop and then also have a Q&A at the end of each meeting. So with that being said, like I'm going to be able to educate and teach on certain topics, right? Because I have guides and the curriculum uh, is, is meant to reach a different topic each, each week. So whether that's macronutrients or sleep and hydration or how to eat out at a restaurant or whatever, we're going to go over a topic each week. And then, um, and then we're going to have a Q&A open, open style at the end. And, and the thing is, too, is like you might have a question that someone else might also have. So it kind of helps because you could just like if I answer your question, I answer a problem someone else is having. But then at the same time. I might answer, you know, Susie's question, but that might be an issue for her and you might have not even thought about it yet. But then since I'm talking to her about it, it might be like a light bulb, like, Oh, that's a good idea. Like, and then you also, I want to use it as more of that community sense of feel that we have with the, with the gym and the groups and, you know, the coaches all being on the floor and different clients being on the floor and having that sense of community. And then, but have the weekly call be like, you know, shout out to Peyton for hitting 10% body fat loss or shout out to Allison for being down 40 pounds since she started and stuff like that. I think that that's going to be more of like that community sense of feel. And then if people have like a bad week or a bad way in, we have that community to build each other back up. Uh, and this allows me to have a lot more time on my hands as well to work on things and deliver more recipes to clients and so a weekly email chain is another big part of what I'm working on right now too, because everyone always wants different meal ideas and different recipes and stuff. And, um, and that's a lot of value that I want to add to the program, but it's very hard to find time to do that type of stuff. Um, so with this, I'm taking that extra step to make more recipes in the monthly email chain, but then I'm also working on an athlete specific cookbook and an adult specific cookbook. So that that's like right there when they sign up, it's added value. You get this, it's like 50 plus meals and then they'll get their meal plan, which is like very simple. But the meal plan is more of like three options. It's got macronutrients and ingredients, but that's it. The cookbook is like, it has used this X amount of lemon juice and X amount of seasoning and olive oil and so on and so forth. It's more intricate and it has all directions and instructions on how to make the food and and just more intricate recipes because the meal plan that I made was last year was very simple, just like eggs and oatmeal and like ground beef and mm -hmm. rice. And like, this is what the calories are and so on and so forth. So that's very like cut and dry, but the cookbook is going to be more like in depth. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like where we're headed. We're headed to that small group platform so that I could work more on the educational side of things and, and help people out more that way. And, also just deliver a better service and have more of that community feel. And, um, yeah. Sweet. Uh, what would you say was like this past year, just your biggest struggle with the nutrition program? Like what was like a recurring issue that you kept coming into and like, all right, how do I solve this? Or why is this like, why does this issue keep coming up? And what do you think? What do you think the groups will help with that or what we have in the future is going to help or like, what, what do you think? was like the biggest 
hurdle for most of your clients and then how would you help them overcome that? Yeah, so like I was telling you about, I had a couple different um, I had a couple different packages, right? The bottom one was I meet with you every three months for a check-in in person, right? Because we have the app where that's like 24-7 communication. Like, you know, you send me any question or I check in with you, we, we communicate through the app. But the actual check-ins is where the higher um, price would come, the higher price point would come in. Like the more check-ins we're having, if we're having like once a week, it's going to be a lot more often. It's going to be a lot more expensive than if we're meeting every three months. Mm -hmm. And so the problem that I found was that the people that were on like the lowest package and I didn't train them in person because there are some people that were on the lowest package, but I trained them at the gym three times a week. So we communicated all the time. If somebody was like your client or Danny's client or something, and they were on the lowest package, then I would oftentimes see that they would just lose touch because we would sit down every three months. So it was like, um, if I didn't see them all the time or didn't have that chance to catch up with them or communicate with them face to face, it would, they would lose touch because there wasn't as much of a relationship there with, between me and the client. So how I overcame that was, um, well, first of all, getting rid of that package now is number one, but that took me like a year to do that. Right. But now, so the, the minimum is that I'll see everybody once a month, um, which is, which is good. And it's for an hour instead of 30 minutes. So that helps that aspect of it. Other than that, the, um, the hard part was just like, like I said, like kind of losing touch with that. There was no like personal relationship there. It was just talking to coach Dan on the app. And sometimes, you know, if the person didn't know me well, there wasn't that buy-in created. So to fix that, I started making it like very, almost like mandatory for people to send me photos of their meals. Because even if they struggled with like, asking me questions or responding to my check-ins through the app. If I would say like, Hey, send me photos of your meals today. It, a light bulb would kind of go off for them. And most of them would then start to like use, utilize the app a little bit more and send me photos of their meals. And then, um, so that was a big one that helped. And I think too, I think people like that too, because I've heard a lot of people say they've never like really had anybody asked them to do that before. Like if you're on Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, or you're following some diet that you found online, like you're not sending your photos to a nutrition coach who you pay. Like that's just an extra level of accountability that not many people have ever had before. So I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about that being an added feature of my coaching service. So I started implementing that in like, I would say January or February. It took me a couple months to figure out that like, when I had it on the program, like have a X amount of protein at each meal and then they check it off. Yes. And then it was like at our check-in, um, it was just like, they were checking it off and they were eating like two eggs. And I'm like, no, like in our initial sit down, we said that a high protein meal has to be 25 grams or more. And so if you're having two eggs and then that's it, that's 12 grams. That's not a high protein breakfast. So you would then say, you would then put in the app that you didn't complete that. But people were being over generous with themselves and saying that they had a high protein meal when they didn't. And so the way I counteracted that was like, I'm not going to have all my clients track their calories because most people don't want to do that. And, um, 
And so the way that I counteracted that was like, you send me a photo of your meal. Cause I'll be able to tell if it's, if it's a patty or something like a Turkey burger and it's this big versus if it's like this big, like obviously I'm going to know if the serving size is adequate for what they should be having. Or if they're, if they're trying to lose weight and they send me a big bowl of pasta, I'm going to be like, that needs to be like an eighth of the size. So it's that extra level of accountability, but then also that education of like, you know, they think that they're doing the right thing, but <clears throat> as a coach, it's important for me to guide them and sending me photos of their meals. is like that extra level of accountability that makes sure that I know, I know that they're eating the right stuff and not, not that they're just saying they are, mm -hmm. you know, I like the pictures of the food too. Cause I post some on my Instagram story of like, well, really it's just ground, ground bison, frozen fruit on the side, <laughs> but that's all I eat. But I think it also just makes the client or whoever is taking the picture have a little bit more pride into like what they're eating. Yep. They're like, if they have to, they're having like McDonald's, say they have like a huge meal at McDonald's. You don't want to take a picture of that because you know, yeah. in your head like right, i shouldn't be eating this yeah. so it kind of just adds that extra accountability allison though. doesn't care though allison yeah. will yeah. literally send me send, <laughs> she'll send me like chicken nuggets and i'm like damn it allison at least it's protein <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, at least, at least nah, it's protein. She's, she's great though yeah i i've heard only one other person that does the i heard at like a mike boyle conference hmm. two winters ago i think now and he said that was very beneficial and they do the accountability group uh having it be yeah in that group setting because when you send your pictures in like especially when everyone gets comfortable with each other like i think it would work really well with athletes which i'm gonna get into like the differences that you see yeah but if you have a group of athletes say you have a full baseball team in there and one dude's a stud posting all their meals and everything's doing good and the other dude is like another kid is just posting like half a patty from mcdonald's like the accountability, it kind of takes you away from having to hold them accountable because the other members of the team, if they're bought in, yeah, it's that mob mentality of, yeah, everyone else is doing it. Like, why aren't you doing it? Like, why, like just step up. And yeah. You're not let. You're not just letting you down, but you're gonna let your team down. So absolutely, having that group group feel, that group call, I think is gonna be huge. Yeah, for all that. Yeah, I'm pumped about that too. Um, actually, the funny thing is, is like the first person who I ever did that with was <clears throat> Jordan Davis, like three years ago was because before he came to campus, uh, I was a senior on the team at the time. And obviously, as as you know, I was like in charge of running the practices even back then. And uh, I was just talking to him on the phone about like training over winter break and stuff, getting ready for the spring and whatnot, and his diet and all this stuff. And he was like, well, like, what should I eat? And I was like, like ground beef, rice. And he's like, well, how much? And I'm like, I literally just like sent him a photo of like what eight ounces of ground beef looks like on a scale and like sent it to him. I like met him like one time at this point. <laughs> so it was funny. So with um, like the difference between athletes and adults like Gen Pop, do you change how you communicate like the program or the process of like doing the meals and like putting in the app and what their goals are because a high performing athlete trying to go division one say i feel like their nutrition is going to have to be a little bit different than a gen pop client who's trying to lose x amount of weight and you have to approach it i think in just like a slightly different way but how do you go about just communicating that yeah so how i do it is um typically when it comes to adults i stay like protein and vegetable focused and really just ingrain those habits into them 
because a lot of adults get in, have gotten into the habit over the course of years to um, just like snack and overeat on like the quick things, like the quick carbohydrates and eating a very small amount of protein throughout the day, which is why their body composition is just the, the body fat is so high and the muscle mass is so low. It's because it's just years and years and years of like not only neglecting resistance training and living a sedentary lifestyle, but also... Um, while also just having such low protein in their diet. So for them, if their goal is fat loss, <coughs> I'll typically just tell them, you know, I'll typically just tell them to focus on just hitting X amount of protein throughout the day and eating vegetables like twice a day, just to kind of force them to have that satiety in their, in their like diet. That way they're 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 full and they kind of limit the cravings and get the sugar out of their um, out of their their system. When it comes to an athlete, I typically have them work on like a whole list of habits all at once, unless they are struggling with like one thing particularly. But with a with an athlete, I have like on their checklist or their program, it's like eight hours of sleep, gallon of water a day, protein, you know, five times a day. You know, I, I usually list it out as like protein, like for breakfast, lunch, dinner, second dinner, snack, one or two snacks. And then um, for people that are, so I kind of communicate it that way. And then with them, the vegetable like intake is a little different. I'll do like fruit or vegetable rather than just vegetable, just because like if they have a banana or an apple, they could, that could be used for performance rather than, you know, an adult, there's nothing wrong with having a banana or an apple either, but I typically just have them try to focus on getting the, getting the vegetables into it because they're just lower in sugar and, um, might help their sweet tooth a little bit to just kind of get that stuff out of their system. But, um, <clears throat> so yeah, when it comes to an athlete, I'm definitely a little bit more on them as far as like changing like the whole lifestyle and stuff. And they're still young, so it's easier for them to change versus adults, you know, especially if they're coming to me a lot of times they're very like high stress limited time you know they and they they feel like a lot of them feel like they can't change because they're you know they've been struggling with the diet for so long so it's like all right we're just going to focus on this one thing versus an athlete i'm like you know this is how you change your life like the sooner you can get this all this stuff down the better you'll be and we've got to try to attack it all at once Unless, like I said, there's, you know, a specific need where someone's really, really struggling on one specific thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. I I just tell athletes, like, their body composition's huge, especially just in a sports performance side. Yeah. It's like, fat doesn't fly. If you have higher levels of body fat, it's very hard for you to produce adequate amounts of force. And if I can produce the same amount of force at 185, then besides being, like, 210... Like I'm going to jump higher at 185 just because I'm lighter. Yeah. And I feel a lot more explosive in that sense. And I just know in my, like I lost 20 pounds and I put an inch and a half on my vertical jump. Yeah. Like that's, and my vert was already at 35 at like 195, 200. It got down to 185 and I got 36.5. So let me ask you a question then. Like we, we're going to get back on track right after this, I promise. <laughs> So last summer when my, uh, I was 217 at like 12% body fat, I jumped 34 was my PR. And then this summer I jumped 36 
and I went up like 2% body fat and gained like 13 pounds. So do you think if I cut back down, I would jump like 40? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all depends on the person and like the training age as well. But I think Chris Profio is a great example of um, like that fat doesn't fly rule because his vert before was, I don't even think he cracked 20. Yeah. And then he's down 20 pounds now. Cracked on like cracked fifteen percent body fat and he jumped to twenty five six. Yeah. So, like, and that's also being married to the resistance training and his lifestyle habits and everything have completely changed yeah. just because of being around us probably. But that's just a young Mr. kid. Mister Two a Day. Mister Two a Day, baby. So that's <laughs> that's like a sixteen seventeen year old kid who's just struggling with that self confidence and yeah, like what he looks like in the mirror. He figures out like what we're saying is true. Because once you see those little wins, you're like, oh, these guys are might be onto something. And then you stick with it for long enough, then all those gains just kind of start coming one after the other. Like I had, that was pretty much what I saw in my sprinting this past summer before I got hurt. But it was like, I, it was a direct correlation. I was sprinting last summer, but I was never, I don't know, didn't really get faster. Like my 10 yard fly and my 10 yard dash stayed the same. Mm. And I just jumped higher, I think, because I just jumped more. Yeah. But from last summer to this summer, like my sprint PRs, there was just one week where I PR'd literally everything. Yeah. And that's when I looked the best as well, which is sick. And you just walk around. It's just a full confidence thing too. You yeah. walk around like, especially as a guy, like everyone just cares about like what you look like and like just being fit is just such a better way to live in yeah. my opinion. Just Yeah. You have a lot more pride going into what you're doing. Um, Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think that being fit and being disciplined is a huge way to just go about like everything in your life and it carries over to so so many other aspects of life you know that was like for me when I started getting my diet in check and I started getting a lot stronger it's like crazy but in high school I had like a two nine <laughs> and then in college I had like a you know a three eight my first semester and I started mm -hmm. figuring out training like a college athlete and putting like three hours a day into this stuff and then you know I ended up graduating with honors and going to grad Let's school oh baby yeah so it was just like, you know, it just carried over. It was just like the confidence carried over to other aspects, like socially, more confident, school, academically, just better, more disciplined, learned how to time, yeah, better time management because now I'm trying to balance like three hours of training a day plus meal prep, plus eating five to six meals a day, plus the homework and all that. It's like when you have limited time, you find a way to get it done. And then you start seeing that success in your physique and your performance in the classroom socially it's like mm -hmm. it's just compounding and that's how that's really how an alpha male is built you know it's just alpha. yeah I mean, I some, was, pe some people have it naturally but a lot of people yeah. have to like learn that over time yeah something i've been telling like my high school kids going into their freshman year of college they're like if you guys don't have these like routines and habits down now you're pretty much gonna be screwed when you go to first year of college because you're gonna have so much more like distractions yeah no one's gonna be holding you accountable your freshman year of college Absolutely. it's like if you don't get into the routine of strength training eating properly sleeping uh, hydration like all the stuff that we preach and talk about if you don't do that in high school it's gonna be really hard your freshman year of college to do that because you're gonna be away from your parents if you live on campus but you're gonna be away from your parents you're moving from house you're a completely new environment all your, all your new friends that you find through orientation or stuff like they're gonna want to drink they're gonna party so how do you balance all that if you don't have any of that like habitual stuff going into it like when i was my freshman year i just know 
helped me a lot was, yeah, during the week, I took my academics, my nutrition, everything. Not Nutrition was not as nearly as good as it should have been, but like at least I was training every single day. I was playing baseball at the time, so I was very disciplined in that regard. And then on the weekends is when you let loose a little bit. Like You still get that college experience. I'm, not, I'm never going to tell kids when they go to college, like, never drink, never party. Like, no, you just got to be responsible. And like, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Like, I'm... I, I'm fresh out of college. Like I know, like I know what you guys are gonna do. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not stupid. Like, but you got to make sure everything gets done first before you can go out and party. Yeah. And just have I always, routine. I always had like a once a semester rule for me. That was like very. That's what I followed. I went out once a semester. Yeah, once until, a semester. Until until I was a senior in college. Man, I was once a week. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was bro. I was tapped. Bro. I gave Even myself. Like, I gave myself Saturdays. Saturday you know, nights. Was, that was my night. And then I every, was every other day. Nope. I was tapped. And like Nevin even said it yesterday, where um, when we were in COVID, when we were practicing on our own. And I was just bringing the boys to, um, bringing the boys to like powerhouse gym, and then we were going to throw at the high school and like. You know, I was just rallying the troops, just getting everyone working like four hours a day because we had nothing else to do. <laughs> Dude, and yeah. then one day we were like, "Oh, we're you know we're gonna work out, and then we'll go to the uh, like go on a little hike as like you know instead of throwing or doing cardio or something like that." And we show up and we're at the bottom. I just put my AirPods in and I said, "I'll see you guys at the top." Yes. <laughs> just like sprinted to the top. That's it. Was like a one point six mile run. Oh my god! It's so funny. Yeah, COVID. That's when. Like, cause like all the gyms were shut down. I wasn't working at Upward at the time. I was working at my other spot, but like, yeah, the gyms were shut down. Downward. <laughs> downward. Yeah, it was downward. <laughs> but, um, there was nothing, really nothing to do. So like yeah. my routine was like, I got down to 170. Like that was like the lightest I've ever been. Yeah. I hurt my back during that time. So I didn't train legs at all, but I, I had two options. I was like, one, I could just be really lazy and get fat and not really care about myself. Or two, I can change my lifestyle and change my habits. Yeah. And that's when I was doing DoorDash at nights. What? I play, I used to you DoorDash. You told me that. Yeah, I used that's to DoorDash. Crazy. COVID, COVID, I made a bag on DoorDash. <laughs> no one no one wanted to leave their house. Yeah, So everyone true. was, so I sat in that Chili's parking lot on the post road oh for hours. God. That's crazy. Hours. I did it for the whole summer. Yeah, I did it for three months. But then, like, I, all it was was I trained. I played Call of Duty for like six hours a day. But I was like, in between, I ate the meals that I had planned out, so I didn't binge on that. And then I went to go work DoorDash from the late night shift. I think it was like 9 to 11, I think at night. I did That's it for nuts. two or three hours. 9 to 12. It was 9 to 12 because the min- after, if you do like five deliveries from 9 to 12, you get an extra 25 bucks. Yeah. And I was averaging like 8 to 10 deliveries a night. Jeez. So I was bringing home like four to $500 extra a week That's just from sick. just bringing these lazy people <laughs> dude i think it's funny too is that how you said like you were like super light during covid and during covid is when i did keto as well and i got down to 206 and i was probably like i didn't have a body fat scan at the time i was probably like nine percent i was probably pretty low too and like yeah i think it's funny that there were so many people in america that got their biggest during that time and just gained so much weight because they went the complete opposite direction but then someone who has that discipline and that drive and then they they have nothing else to do they you know like you and i will take that and make that as an opportunity to like oh now we have more opportunity to train and control our diet and control our environment and like not party as much and so on and so forth so that was pretty sick to see that both of us like capitalize on that opportunity to get better 
yeah. when a lot of people you got know, worse. Got worse. Yeah. yeah.